Imagine a magnificent life where you can master anything you want to, where time is not a barrier. Struggles and challenges you face can be overcome. You can create ultimate control and access higher potential that brings joy and fulfillment in your life. To achieve this, we must first empty our mind to be open for new possibilities before we can launch into infinite heights. In the words of Zen master Shinryo Suzuki, in the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities, but in the expert's mind, there are few. Join me, the maestro Vincent Chang, as we uncover the secrets to going from zero to infinity. All right, everyone. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Zero to Infinity. Today, we're on chapter five of my first ever published book. I am so excited to share with you. This chapter is titled, Stop Denying Yourself True Happiness. Now, I guess the question is, what is happiness? I think that is something we want to take a lot of time with. And we're going to ask the question, what does happiness mean for you? And when you start to explore that, whether within or with others, you know, we're going to get so many different definitions, variations, aspects, and dimensions of happiness. And then once you put it all together and try to organize it, you can see it's all over the place. There can be an emotional feeling of happiness. There can be a state of happiness. Happiness could be seen as a visual aspect of being, you know, seen with a, a smile. Is it is happiness the amount of possessions that I own that I feel that I have? And what is that? Or is happiness defined by a certain number of conditions? If I achieve and I graduate, I should be happy. If I raise a family to where I'm supposed to be, then I should be happy. That's happiness. Happiness is just having a piece of bread on the table. There are going to be thousands of possibilities and belief systems about what happiness really is. And you can even go. That's what led me on the search. You know, is happiness this enlightened feeling of completely being one with the world that you are so fully present that it's just a sense of being gratitude of I am existing? Or is it? this sense of true love and whatever you want to call it and and start on this road, the more you go down this path, the more is going to even confuse you. And then you're going to ask, am I really happy? Now, you might think, well, I'm definitely happy. You know, who wants to say when answer that question, how are you today? Oh, I'm fine. Oh, are you happy? Yeah, of course I'm happy. Like that's almost an automatic response. Where I invite you to really take a moment before you answer that question to really reflect on are you really happy? You know, am I yeah, I'm happy the day didn't go 
crap. Is that happiness? Right? <laughs> but the way I'm saying it, I'm not really happy saying it. So this true sense of joy and, and freedom and there's going to be many aspects and that's what we're going to talk about and explore and an invitation to, to reflect what is happiness to you. And we're all you know, conditioned in such a way that we have to chase after. I think it's Stephen Covey who coined this, well, where you have to have something and then do something and then I will be something. So if I have a car, if I have a job, if I am doing my job, now I am happy. Now I can feel happy because I have this, right? If I go on a vacation, then I'll be happy. If I make a million dollars because now I'm, let's say I'm broke, now then I'll be happy. So this now and then, and we go into this logical, philosophical, if-then statements, gets you to a place of happiness. Well, the logic does not compute. That's not how life works. And, and I can tell you from experience, because I kept going after the if, now, if-then statement, and I never fully felt happy. I got the job. I got the car. I, you know, I got the careers. I got multiple careers. Even when I decided to give up everything, you know, I wasn't, well, I knew I wasn't happy you know, doing a nine to five. It wasn't nine to five. It was <laughs> nine to 11, uh, an engineering job. And I'm not saying engineering jobs are bad. I'm like that, my experience with it, it wasn't aligned to me. Because my motivation of doing that job was only for the sake of getting another if-then statement, which is, if I have a stable job, then I'll be secure, and then I'll be financially stable, which then will translate to happiness, as is taught by you know, culture, you know, growing up. You know, who doesn't say that? You know, no amount of family or friends say, get a good job and, and you'll be happy get enough money, and then you'll be happy. Well, I did exactly that. Then I realized, wait, something is not computing because the definition of that happiness, which was told to me, is not felt. You know, Wait, what is happiness? Is happiness a sense that I did something right or I did something that was you know, told to me or conditioned by, by certain standards? So... I checked a box. Is that happiness? Wait, hold on a second. Happiness is a feeling. It's a deep feeling in a state. And if I choose to go deeper with it, well, I can choose to feel happy. So now, even if I have no job, even if I failed at my courses, my career, I can choose to find happiness within it. I can choose to feel grateful and happy. And so I think happiness is synonymous with joy and gratitude and even love. And we're getting to a point where we're trying to deconstruct this word and what it really means. 
And you're going to find that you've opened Pandora's box with it. Because I kept trying these if-then statements. Well, I got all the possessions I've always wanted. I've collected all of these things. I had the relationship. I had the house. I had the job. I finished this. And I have the freedom, the security to live on my own. And now I'm, wait a minute. I don't feel happy. Okay, that opened another question. What does it feel to be truly happy? And then I'm doing a recount of my life. And this ties into the wind journal process, which we'll talk about in, in a later chapter, that every time I achieved something, I didn't truly allow that experience of feeling happy to really sink in. It really lasted a moment, a day. You graduate from university. You know, family comes in, all your friends, you put on the hat and throw it up and you have a party. Good. You have a dinner. Okay. And now you're graduated. Boom. The next day I'm, I go to work first day. Right. And now like my happiness or my sense of achievement of that is already disappeared. And my constant journey in the process of feeling fulfilled is a result of me not having the awareness to accept and fully appreciate the gratitude of that achievement. So even when I achieved high things, like things that people don't even do in their lifetime, it's because I did not believe it was, or I only chose to unconsciously chose to acknowledge it for one second because face it in the culture, you're not really recognized. No one really praises you when you achieve something good. Like even graduating, even getting, you know, like it's just not part of that. Although on the conversely, you get hell, you get shame, you get beaten down, you get, you know, punished for doing something wrong, for getting a mistake for not achieving it. So now you're constantly fighting this don't want state of trying to avoid the fear of being punished and shamed. And so you're always on this edge of, I need to achieve something. But by achieving it, you don't take away the don't want because that only satisfies for a second the don't want by achieving something. Now there's something else that you have to achieve so that I don't feel punished or I don't feel shamed. I don't feel rejected. That cycle kept up in my entire life. You know, never was anything appreciated. My results, I did not learn to appreciate myself. That's, I think, what leading to happiness is. That I can appreciate and love myself even though I haven't achieved the expectations of countless others around me. And so that's why we're starting to separate the definitions and, and even boundary other people's expectations of happiness for you. I get it. You grow up, how else can you learn? Parents and friends and family and teachers will tell you the road in which to achieve happiness or security or whatever that is based on what they know and what's been taught to them. 
And it could be that they also went through this constant don't want and avoidance and trying to protect themselves from the fear of being judged and rejected, criticized and shamed. So how, what else were they going to teach you? They'll only teach you what they know. Now, I realized that by following all of these teachings, it led me to, a, I thought, shouldn't it lead me to the road of happiness? But why am I miserable? Why am I drowning myself and trying to numb myself of this feeling of unhappiness? Okay, I am unhappy. Once I acknowledge that I am unhappy, now we can begin to move to a want state. So if I do want to feel happy, what does that mean now? Because I've tried this road many times that everyone around me says follow, but it doesn't lead to where it's supposed to go. So what can I do? Well, I must choose a new road. I must begin to search. I must begin to learn. I must begin to open my mind to many other roads that I don't even know about. And we go back to the concepts we've talked about, about the unknown. We're so, in this world, conditioned to only talk about what we know and defend it and argue and discuss. I know this, you know this, but, you, but I know this more than you and, and it gets nowhere. And now we have complete conflicts and wars out, you know, because of somebody telling people what they think they know is right and versus I don't know. I don't know what's going to make me happy because I've tried everything that I know to get me there and it's not. That is the road. And by following it, by, by reading countless books, by starting to follow people who seemed to look beautifully, like emanating this sense of joy and peace. Oh, hey, this, what, this person, oh, the Buddha did that, or like Jesus did that. What? Okay, but they're talking about they didn't have anything. What Buddha like had an entire palace? He was a prince. He had everything. But yet he was exploring what suffering is. He was not happy. And so he went down roads. He went to asceticism. He went to meditate. He almost starved himself to death. And he's trying to find this happiness and nirvana state of complete, utter joy and enlightenment. And he couldn't get there. Same thing. He's following these paths that everybody has taught him and told him and said, do this, do this. And he did it all. And he's like, no, this is not leading me where I want to go. And I'm not feeling it. So he decided that's like most greats and innovation that has happened. You know, the Porsche and at the dealership, Ferdinand Porsche, his quote was, I looked around, I tried to find a car that was designed, you know, that I would really enjoy, that was, you know, that's met my expectations, and I couldn't find one. So I decided to build my own. And that's what we have to do. We have to build our own path and destiny towards this sense of happiness. And once you begin to do that, now, well, I'm doing what I love right now. And if you ask, everybody around me wouldn't say that they would, you know, that's not happiness. Like, I'm not doing that. But 
often we hear, well, I wouldn't do that because it won't make you any money. No, what? No, music doesn't. So you might be happy doing it, but to make money, you probably don't want to feel happy and you, it won't get you there. It doesn't make sense because that's another belief system. That's what's known to them. Why can't you have both? How can I feel super enlightened and happy and fulfilled and make a beautiful living with it, supporting others? Why does it have to be either or? Well, it's not your belief. It's not their belief. They probably heard it from somewhere else. So be very, very aware of what you're taking in, what you're actually believing. And so here I chose to discover my own beliefs and create my own beliefs around happiness. And that's the first quote in the book. You know, that's my inspiration when I've, you know, traveled around the world to seek this. And, you know, it's, there you go, the introduction, right? It's by Albert Schweitzer. Success is not the key to happiness. Happiness is the key to success. If you love what you're doing, you will be successful. So growing up, and I think a lot of the conditioning, and you're going to see a lot of the mentors and gurus out there are, are saying the same thing. We have it all backwards. Go for success. Then you'll be happy. Like, what is success? I've achieved this. I'm not happy. In fact, you go the other way. But that's not, again, it's backwards. Suffer now. Don't be happy. You know, give up. Sacrifice. Then you'll enjoy it later. Well, the, the, the data is in. In my experience, everybody who said that is not truly happy. You know, they've suffered and now what are they doing? They're sitting in their houses, right? What is true? Well, maybe that's their journey. I'm able to acknowledge that I'm completely miserable. Now I can do something about it. But also the conditioning is, no, suck it up. You don't miserable who cares still work still suffer you know what are you going to do not make money not go get me at a job like just do it there was absolutely no teaching around the awareness of a part of our human experience that is defining of our human experience which is emotional feeling and state we're conditioned to be machines from the very young age. Go to school, clock in at this time. Even our break times are constricted and restricted and taught to operate and comply to another system. 15 minutes of recess, the bell rings, follow. Okay, there, clock in, clock out. Learn this, do this. Our essence of who we are as a human which is absolute infinite creativity, love, awareness, connection, is completely squeezed and shoved. I could tell you in my experience in a, in a choir school, music, one of those things that, you know, you feel like, wow, it's so emotional, it's so free, it's so, you know, fulfilling. But the experience of music completely was crushed 
In fact, why there are many that don't want anything to do with music after they've taken it, whether it be, you know, forced to take piano lessons all their life or go to, you know, singing school and you know, like, like, and I'm using that word forced because as children, we don't have the capacity to make our own decisions yet. So we must be dependent on those who care for us to make those decisions for us, for the, our highest good is what they think is best. Great. Now, as a result of that, what's best is what they know. So here you are saying, wait, why do I despise it now? Like, I hate this. But it's not that you hate music. It's you don't like the feeling of being restricted and controlled and forced to do something without a sense of freedom, which is all about music. And so the music now only becomes about getting the right notes and making sure you do this right and not and this wrong. And everybody becomes right or wrong and it's a whole judgmental experience. And whether it be music or art or, or any of those things, now you get a grade for it. You're judged on your ability to do something right or wrong with art. That's a... Like those... No, it doesn't, cannot exist. You cannot create that. You've essentially completely destroyed art by putting it into a system of which it is graded and judged and criticized. And now all you're doing with this act of freedom and expression is to avoid feeling judged. So I've trained hundreds of singers. And when I went down this path and went all across, it completely changed how I approached music when I came back. And I realized that I was missing 99 billion percent of, you know, <laughs> of that essence of art because I was only focused on getting it right and getting this, the dynamics are here and do this, and the color here versus where's the soul? Where's the actual emotion in it? Even when we were taught to gather emotion in it, it was completely forced. There was no essence of, oh, give some thing here, but we're based on fear still. Don't get a grown note. Do it this way. You have to sit here for 45 minutes because I told you so. And so the beauty of the work, and when I was working with many singers, professional, amateur, is when we get, first I have to get to that source state. Are you able to allow yourself to completely open to be expressing music and art? Which means that is a place of outer freedom. And when we're totally free, we are the most vulnerable. And we're scared to be vulnerable because of all this conditioning. But once we're able to just be absolutely free, I, mean, I remember, like, you know, there are singers who can't even, are barely squeaking a note. Because all they're afraid of is squeaking. And I can't hit that high note. I don't think I can hit that high note. I'm going to sound bad. All of these belief systems have been conditioned because someone judged them for it. And then they fear that judgment. So once I was able to have them break through that fear and to say, just let it out. Be free with this. It's not about squeaking or not squeaking. I want to hear your actual inner voice. And when that happened, they sang that note, if not higher than it, 
the most beautiful that I've ever, they've ever sung. They couldn't believe, they could not believe they could sing that way. But not because they were trying to hit a note. It's because we have to free up the human soul and spirit so that it can access the emotional freedom and creativity of that experience. Now we can use technique. Sure, that's all we learn. We're a machine. Technique, technique. Draw this line right. You know, sing this note here and play this here. That's technique. Any machine can do that. A machine cannot express absolute joy and sadness and pain, peace. That is who we are. That gets you to a state of happiness. To allow yourself the complete experience. So I truly thank you for all of you who are subscribing and listening. Feel free to visit my website, healthesource.com. You can download the first three chapters for free. And you can also purchase a copy if you like, and I'll sign it for you. And in that fifth chapter, stop denying yourself true happiness. Notice when you say, I can't, I don't, I don't, I can't, I'm not sure, I'm not cut out for it to say, hold on a second. You get to decide, you get to create it. And like Robert Kiyosaki says, instead of saying, I can't afford it, I can't do it, I don't have the resources, switch it to a question and open up infinite possibilities. How can I do it? How can I feel? What would I need to happen? Create, open, because that's who you are. Tap into your infinite potential. Because once you believe that, you can do anything. Until next time, thanks for joining once again. And have an awesome, awesome day. It's your choice to be and feel and reflect what is truly happiness for you? So join me next time from zero to infinity. All the best. You've begun this incredible journey to infinite mastery. To reach infinity, you must first get to zero. Be open to learn so that you can become a master in whatever you desire. Infinity is possible when you master and leverage time to your advantage. Subscribe to the Zero to Infinity podcast with maestro Vincent Chang to gain ultimate control and realize higher potential. Visit my website at vincentchang.ca and healthesource.com to learn more about creating success and balance in your life so you can master anything. Mm-hmm.